Good evening everybody and welcome to the next episode of the Sustainability Network. I am Shruti Harihara Subramanian and I am the founder of golisodastore.com. Golisoda is a brand that caters to all things so we are a one-stop shop for anything that is truly sustainable and eco-friendly. We started in 2013, initially our focus was on the products and uh, then we realized there's more to sustainability or being eco-friendly than just buying upcycled products or just eco-friendly products. So we are now focusing on the complete sustainable uh, package to make sure that our products are natural, eco-friendly, the carbon footprint is as less as it can be, uh, the packaging is zero waste, uh, fair trade, vegan. We are trying our best to cater to all things sustainable. So do check out our site, www.lisodastore.com. In this episode of uh, Sustainability Network, we are meeting the founder of Dwij, uh, Saumya. And my initial conversations with Saumya turned out to be very exciting and she came out to be... Um, very passionate about sustainability so I'm really looking forward to talking to Saumya today and uh, which caters they make uh, upcycle products out of wasted jeans uh, uh, waste jeans denims so um, I will let uh, Saumya tell us more about her brand uh, meanwhile just a reminder to all our viewers if you have any questions regarding sustainability upcycling uh, please uh, put it up on the chat and we'll be happy to answer your questions. So let me invite uh, Saumya to our conversation. Let's wait for her to connect. We are there. Yes. Hi, Saumya. Uh, hi, Sudhi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good too. Yeah. So nice to finally Very excited meet you. to be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very excited to be here. I'm glad. And we are very happy to have you on board. And as I was telling our viewers, our initial conversation over the phone, uh, I, I was able to really sense the passion that you have towards sustainability. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I'm sure um, many of our viewers will get some interesting thoughts and ideas on sustainability thanks to you. So um, let's start at the beginning. Uh, what does Dwij mean? Uh, what do you do in Dwij? Uh, tell us the whole journey about Dwij. Yeah, sure. So uh, Dwij is a Sanskrit word and it means second life. Uh, so essentially we are saying that we are giving a second life to a used clothing. So we started, with, uh, started off with uh, denim because we saw that there is a lot of uh, denim uh, these days all around and people discarded just because, uh, you know, they have outgrown the size or uh, like, you know, the fashion has changed or there are like minor cuts or something, but not really because, uh, you know, the material has some problem. And we also noticed that uh, upon our survey that when this jeans is given to the needy, uh, it so happens that when it's not their lifestyle of wearing the jeans, that also ends up into like, you know, uh, secondary work, like you uh, use it as a mop, or cleaning or something. So uh, we are repurposing this uh, post-consumer jeans and we also work with post-industrial denim. Like when you 
uh, have manufacturing of genes there are like roles left out which have some defects or there could be like some uh, cut a yardage wastage or anything so we source this also as well and uh, using a combination of both these materials and also post industrial uh, kurta or shirt fabric which is used as our inner lining we primarily use this three materials and we make uh, as of now accessories like bags backpacks links you know all yeah <laughs> yes i know but maybe most of our viewers don't so you could uh, yes, probably yes. tell some of the range of products that you have uh yeah so uh, the idea was like my prime focus always has been like it should be uh, something that you can use in day to day life and as well as be comfortable in fronting it and also should like you know be able should be able to wash it and uh, like uh, have that kind of journey uh, so uh, the product range mostly includes like slings for your to go stuff and then backpacks we also came up with a kids backpack range which will uh, launch at gulisoda uh, also soon and uh, then we have uh, totes then we have some fancy totes as well like which is like only evening party types or whatever so and some pouches as well yeah oh that that's the thing because uh, as i was telling our viewers we started off uh, primarily focusing on upcycled products way back in 2013 when many people didn't even understand the word upcycle uh, even now i think some people don't so maybe later you can define what upcycling means but uh, but when we started goli soda first thing we were very clear about that uh, our products has to be it has to be aesthetically good it has to be durable because many people have this mind block that if you're uh, using something so it might not be uh, as good as the regular products that are available in the market so uh, that's why uh, when i saw the products of dwidge i was really excited by it because the quality and the finish is excellent and uh, it kind of competes with any other products available like nobody will say these are discarded uh, material it's as good as new so that's what i like about dwidge and uh, the initiative that you've taken so let's uh, tell uh, for some uh, layman how would you this like i keep many people ask me what is upcycling so each one of us have our own ways of explaining that um, how do you uh, define it to somebody who asks you yeah true as you mentioned there is a lot of uh, stigma around this kind of products and uh, people and also that there were only very few people uh, previously now maybe the trend is going on uh, and you know uh, we have to go back to our ancestors for this bit so like uh, that's true that in our um, culture habit of upcycling and people still practice it but maybe they do not know the word upcycling mm-hmm. so maybe uh, the word has become cool these days to use upcycling but uh, like uh, the rag that we used to make even as, as a kid even now i'm sitting on a rag that is upcycled like which my granny upcycled like long like uh, years back so we and are familiar quilts, to this uh, during winter yes. the quilts yes. that is it's all from old sarees and things yes. like that i remember that yes, yeah so they used to store all this uh, really good cotton uh, fabric and then make used to make the quilt and the best of the quality would be saved for the upper layer and all the chimneys go inside it's a very fancy uh, process you know so uh, i i see upcycling as like a very creative way of how you can um actually uh, remove that stigma and when you see the product 
you are supposed to ask is this really upcycled and this we yes. get uh, as you yes. mentioned we get this feedback a lot so are you not kidding me like you have really used uh, used material or the old material so that's the beauty of upcycling like you really have to see what kind of material you want to choose so upcycling basically is like converting a um, um, material to a product that uses less energy but is of greater value so for example in recycling when you are doing you are using a lot of energy in the process yes. and uh, like you know you degrade the product in a, in the process so like a plastic bag which uh, people say can be upcyclable but is upcyclable but when you actually upcycle it it actually degrades and it doesn't maintain the quality yeah yeah in recycling but in upcycling what happens is when you use the pro, uh, use the process of upcycling in a creative manner you are actually adding value to the product uh, and also increasing the longevity of the product so yes. in advice our prime focus has always been that after doing so many efforts of like you know going to the chindi market collecting them getting them washed uh, from the washers and then bringing it to our facility and segregating it and after going through this whole process and if we don't deliver the right uh product of right quality it uh, doesn't really make uh, any sense you know yes. Yes. hello have i lost yes. you no I, i'm here tell me i'm here can you hear me yes 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 i can hear you okay yeah so after doing this whole process if we don't add real value to the product then it doesn't really make sense to do all this process in the first place so that is why we also strive to see that you know our threads are of good quality or our runners and zippers are of the best quality that most of the products have yk zippers and uh, accessories so this is the prime focus for us and at the same time whatever goes the new material whatever goes into this upcycling process we try to make it as sustainable as possible so every product will have its pros and cons uh, if you keep on uh, going but we should be really true to what we are doing and really have a good research of why we are doing what we are doing yes so the other uh, problem with recycling that uh, you mentioned one is of course the amount of energy uh, used but many people don't realize the amount of carbon footprint involved because say all the plastics are then collected in one place then to a next dealer then probably it's then shipped to china to recycle so uh, there's a huge amount of carbon footprint and the other uh, biggest issue with the recycling also the amount of water involved in in most cases where a lot of washing other uh, things happens when um, you recycle the product so that's why i feel upcycling is the need of the hour because uh, earlier when we were growing up everybody used to say reduce reuse recycle but uh, those three words have no value first is of course refuse and from the way we are consuming right now uh, even recycle is not enough the amount of energy involved uh, is not enough so uh, i think uh, upcycle should be a stage where everybody uh, understands is as important to be uh, sustainable so um, that's the thing that i found uh, many people are unaware of they think oh i'm throwing this plastic bottle in any way get recycled but they don't understand that recycling is also technically not all that uh, eco friendly and each material also has different amounts of energy and water involved for um, recycling and the good thing about bridge as well uh, you were talking about uh, upcycling increasing longevity um, the good thing about 
denim is completely uh, durable. So it's definitely going to last for a very, very long time. Uh, I don't think uh, so. I, I can assure any of our uh, uh, viewers here, if you want to pick up a Twitch badge, definitely the very fact that it's made out of denim and of course the quality in which you make is really going to last almost a lifetime if you make it well. So that's the other good thing about your product that I realized. So uh, tell me, I know your background has been very eclectic. You've been an engineer and things like that. So how did uh, the idea to start Twitch happen? Yeah, uh, so I did my uh, master's from Germany in commercial vehicle technology. So uh, it was all about automobiles and trucks and buses and all. So it is, yeah, unusual and I get this a lot. Like, how is it even possible? So interestingly, I had uh, um, an internship uh, and the master's with John here where I was, I came across this concept of life cycle assessment. So in life cycle assessment, you are actually trying to figure out the total carbon footprint or any uh, measurable impact for that from the extraction of its material to the end of its life. So when I was doing my uh, project on the spargers and uh, sprayers and the uh, like, you know, heavy machinery, my question always was like, what happens at the end of life? And uh, like at the end of life, generally all the software just provide a XYZ material and the explanation is given that this material is somewhere uh, taken care by someone. So like it's like uh, a European model is discarded, it might come to India, some farmer might use it for few more years in the second-hand market and then it's discarded. But to me, that seems like you are able to recover this energy at this stage or it could be lost forever. Like we do not know what, what might happen to it next. So that was like a quest that was going in my brain anyway. And then I started researching more about like, you know, how much carbon footprint that I produce. So like I came across non-vegetarians have this much, which I have been vegetarian all my life, but uh, those factors like, you know, transport matters, uh, your application, uh, appliances matter, or like all these things. So like most of the things were not like a big shocker for me. I understood, yeah, if you're consuming electricity in a appliance, then of course there will be a carbon footprint or like when you're using fossil fuel, there will be carbon footprint. But what came to me as a shocker is the clothing industry. I never anticipated that uh, clothing can be like one of the second most um, uh, populated, uh, polluted uh, industry, according to some uh, uh, reports. So that was like okay. a big shocker. Like, and then when I started reading, and uh, when I was in Germany, I was, I must accept I was a fast fashion editor. So like I was a student, I had uh, like a, uh, part-time job going on and so I used to spend a lot of money every month to buy new stuff and then I was like uh, whenever I used to buy uh, back of the mind it also used to be that never mind I'm going to put it in the uh, bin that is there in Germany which uh, says that you know this clothes are going to go for to developing countries for uh, developing countries for reuse so I was, without any guilt uh, I used to do this like this was a repeated process but then I started reading that actually this thing's go to some African um, countries where, you know, their whole infrastructure is dependent only on recycling and they're pushed into poverty. So then it was like a, oh my God moment and I need to do something. So I did some experiments with myself, like uh, at home, we don't have any major appliance like refrigerator or washing machine or AC or TV wow. for that matter. So we uh, then started composting at home. And then we have very, very minimal uh, utensils at home. So like everything was about how we can, you know, cut down 
whatever that is not necessary and then i went on to also like you know not buy anything for a year or two and see how it works because for me that kind of detox was really required to like really question why something is uh, needed so uh, then i was working uh, at a corporate in india and uh, then suddenly one day like after this thing went on too much then i felt like we really need to answer uh, some of the uh, problems that are uh, being faced now and as you mentioned like in 2013 maybe godi soda was the pioneer in this kind of movement and uh, by 2016 not much of talk was going around the clothing industry now we have more people coming up uh, into this which is a very good sign so at the, uh, then i decided like let me experiment and see and somehow this whole thing started so i'm not a fashion designer so all the uh, designs that you so see are like some experiments of like you know uh, my understanding about sustainability and what the need is and then presenting it to, uh, it to the Like, you know. No, but yeah. amazing to know that you're truly living a minimalistic life. Again, uh, th- that's now a trend. I might say, like many people are talking about minimalism and not owning too much and things like that. But uh, I guess you've already set an example for many people who are striving to be truly sustainable and not being a minimalist. And as you said, uh, I guess again we have to take. go back to the times of our grandparents who truly lived a life of minimalism where i don't yeah. remember my grandparents owning more than four sets of clothes or any of those things so i guess uh, really uh, kudos to you to live a life like that i think we should have a separate conversation on how uh, uh, that kind of a lifestyle is led because for many of us it's still shocking oh my god how can our house not have a fridge or how can we not have this uh, so i guess uh, we will have a separate conversation with you sure, to uh, take us through step by step on how to lead a very minimalistic life so that's awesome and uh, coming back to dwij uh, tell us about uh, i know uh, you work with uh, discarded materials and industrial uh, waste uh, material but um, how does the sourcing process happen like are you tied up with certain uh of course there might be some factories but besides factories who are the other people that you're tied up with what kind of employment are you providing in that sense i'm sure there are tailors that you provide employment so could you just tell us about the people behind the sourcing and everything else yeah uh, so whenever we thought about i mean when it comes to sustainability as we know it's all about all the aspects it's, we cannot just go with one thing and say that okay this is what is uh like you know uh, that's a way of sustainable um how a business should function so of course when it comes to that employment giving fair trade is really important and then when you are uh, sourcing up materials it is very important to have it hygienically done so on multiple fronts there are like uh, 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 there is uh, indirect employment generation for sure but directly uh, when we we source it from different city bazaars or second hand market so in mumbai there are like really really big chindi bazaars where every uh, maybe 20 30 kilometers you just have to look but you will find a chindi bazaar so it took a lot of time for us to like you know really tie up with these people because they come from a different uh, understanding and the background and they don't really understand what you do and if you go and just say that i want this material it doesn't work so easy so you have to be one uh, like you know a person who has to be there again and again to like you know that we are there to take your material kind of uh, uh, thing so it was a very difficult process in the beginning 
so first we uh, like as i mentioned we source it from shibli bazaar and uh, then it goes to our uh, external washing facility where it is uh, properly cleaned so like how your uh, bedding linens is done in uh, like uh, say hotels or something and uh, from there it comes to our workshop so also we encourage people to donate their jeans if they want to get uh, rid of it as of now we don't have like a very big uh, um, like you know big community centers where people can come and donate we are still small that way and we encourage them to like you know courier or uh, something so uh, awareness part was very important for us like why they have to donate like why is it so important that they spend 80 100 rupees on a courier and then send it to you so that that is like a very a big challenge and then when it comes to our employees we have in our workshop uh, irrespective of the gender we have uh, workers who like are real in need of money and have a very good uh, skill and also we employ women who work from home so they are basically trained in our workshop uh, for the quality check and everything and they buy the machinery we uh, we could have provided the machinery but when they buy they have a sense of ownership that okay i have yes. to Uh, give back something in return so we could have easily got some invest uh, some funding to this thing but we saw that when they buy it then they are like really inspired to do that work and then they will be like really focused on doing that work so they uh, uh, they also manufacture we give them the cut parts and then they uh, manufacture the uh, whole thing and give uh, and also like as of now we don't have a, a full time designer on board but we do um, like have lot of freelancers who uh work on smaller projects yeah okay nice to know um what about uh, future plans are you planning to diversify into other materials or other kind of products or are you just uh, any kind of because it's just bridge it's just second life so it yeah. can be second life for anything so are you planning uh, diversifying into other uh, exciting methods or products and Yes, we actually have a very big range that we wanted to launch this April, but unfortunately, uh, due to the COVID, everything is stopped. And I think uh, we are sure we want to launch it, but when it will happen and how it will happen uh, is uh, even a question of uncertainty for us. But there is something in store, so let's see what uh, what comes. We'll okay. keep it to that. <laughs> okay, so that's the secret. We'll all be waiting to hear. Yeah, so I mean, uh, because we don't have any clarity, I think we should just keep it as a secret for now. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't want to jinx it right now, but let's hope for the best, and uh, uh, we look forward yes. to having that range very soon at uh, Goli Soda. Goli Soda. Yes, yes, yes. Let's keep our fingers crossed, and good luck to you and your team for the new range. So. Um, yes. I'm sure. I mean, we've spoken a lot about upcycling and things like that. But uh, I think the overall focus is uh, right now. I believe is uh, about overall sustainability. As I said, even Boris Vada himself started calling us a stone having upcycling problems. Then we started saying we're having eco-friendly problems. But as we've grown and as we've become more aware of what is happening uh, around us, I think it's just not enough to just call. Eco-friendly or natural, I think it's an overall package of calling ourselves sustainable. I think that's the name of the R. Uh, and as I told you, when we started in 2013, uh, many people were unaware of many things that we had at the time, whether it's a composting pot or a cloth bag or upcycling products. So everything required a certain amount of education to our community. And uh, right now, actually, our workshops and 
those things have come down because in a very good way there is a lot more awareness around us uh, so there is good competition lot of people are aware of these things but uh, there is also um, an issue is using these words uh, of people so could you just tell us what uh, what do you, how do you define and what are your beliefs on sustainability and when a customer has to pick up something eco friendly or natural organic or sustainable what are the things that they really need to look at because you're so passionate about this uh, it'll be wonderful to go through so uh, you i think you touched up on a very very noise is it coming from outside from you know, Okay. Yeah, it's the mosque. Uh, a mosque is very uh, near to okay. my house, so okay. maybe that it will just. Okay, no problem. <laughs> just wanted to make sure what was happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, that's a very important topic that you touched upon. I think uh, stores like ours or like uh, brands like ours have a big challenge in the sense. First of all, you have to educate the customer about um, what. Uh, like you know what this product is about and second there is so much greenwashing around uh, everywhere that you have to also educate them about the greenwashing that is happening everywhere so it's like a very very difficult situation you are in so uh, you can imagine like just few uh, like a year two years back maharashtra decided that they wanted to ban the plastic bags and then only calls that i used to get is like we are ready to pay like maybe 10 rupees but make cloth bags for us i'm like what the like in the sense how do you expect a material sourcing a person to stitch and also deliver everything in this cost price so this is the kind of like you know wrong movement that happens when when people are not exactly aware of what they are supposed to buy so uh, for example everyone is rushing uh, like to get a, a cotton bag or like maybe brands are pushing to like you know buy that uh, 15 rupees 20 rupees um but nobody is sensitizing on the fact that okay it's okay to have like some bag that you have at home can be reused again and you can like you know use it until that longevity of that bag is like totally gone so that's a very true point that everywhere like if, like people are just riding on the wave of sustainability in the name of like you know uh, we are a sustainable product but when you actually go deep dive into it they are that isn't actually sustainable so that's true so when it comes to grid uh, we always say that first of all if you have to buy then buy it is never like okay i am a brand i am doing the greatest thing in the world so please buy that has never been the narration and second thing we uh, don't really uh, like you know target on just the environmental part just because if even it is not environmental part as a common sense or as a normal practice this should have been the way things would progress if not the industrialization or commercialization that came in the uh, uh, in between you know so like it's very obvious that you use something for uh, increasing its life and then discard it but now the cheap stuff is so much easily available that everyone wants yes. to use it and discard it so these are the two things and then third thing is like we really ask them to the overall uh, quality or longevity like uh, you must be having the finest of the bag but the zipper just is gone in like just few days then nobody is going to mend it so again yes. the purpose is dip, uh, like uh, there's no point and then there's also trend of like uh, mixing two materials so this in my opinion 
I mean, I uh, try to see it in a different way that when you are mixing it uh, two materials, mix it in such a way that that disassembly is also easy. This is for uh, this is uh, famously called as design for disassembly. So if you want to mix a plastic with a cotton, whatever you do, but mix it in such a way that you can separate it manually, and then uh, both of them can have their next life cycle. So we try to inculcate that a lot in uh, our thing. So people say that okay for waterproof, why don't you spray like some kind of uh, like you know uh, layer that will keep it waterproof? But I'm like then that defies the whole purpose. So like everyone has one kind of uh, like you know uh, a notion that they have that uh, if X Y Z things of synthetic is not applicable, then this cotton this bag, uh, however good it is, may not be like really functioning well. Yeah. Uh, I hope I could uh, like you know bring up the point of uh, uh, greenwashing that is happening around in yes, every I, in every sector. No, I tro- truly understand because as I told you when we started, nobody knew about it, so it was easy for us to educate. In one side, the competition is good. I keep telling people they say, oh, there are other such brands that are in the market. Uh, but I feel good because there are people now aware that these are the kind of products, these are the things you need to start. uh being aware of but the the market or like any other thing that becomes trendy they uh, latch on to it and start using the words very loosely so uh, some people uh, uh you know get carried away by it and uh, some people don't even know the difference between a natural product and a, a organic product there is there are two different things actually natural uh, organic product is natural but a natural product needn't be organic you know so many uh, small terms that are being misused and i think uh, now that uh, the education uh, like as many things like uh, half knowledge is worse than no knowledge kind of yes. situations also yes. happening yes. so uh, you i think uh, put it down very well and especially for me what attracted was a point about mixing materials because not many people think about that aspect as well so i guess the same way we segregate our waste at home i think even the final products have to be able to be uh, segregated to to be sent for easing recycling or upcycling or whatever we can do with it so i think that's a interesting point that personally even i didn't think about and you brought it up so um the other question i wanted to ask you you just mentioned about uh, how the textile industry is probably the worst uh right now in pollution maybe out of plastics uh we are all aware of that most of us but or if you have to get into it it's a vast story by itself yeah. uh, again we have to do another conversation about that <laughs> but uh, let us just uh, since which um handles denim can you tell us about specifically how the denim industry is actually probably the worst among uh this industry uh in terms of water usage and things like that so if you could like there are a lot of uh, graphic uh, graphics that goes around about how much making one jeans takes up this many what much of water and stuff like that so could you just uh, quickly tell us uh, how the denim industry works yeah so uh, for any uh, textile industry it uh, right away starts from either uh, a cotton uh, growing place of agriculture or it could be chemically done uh, polyester right so yeah. if you are taking the cotton thing so statistics keep varying for how much water is required for de- uh, denim uh, depending upon the how like uh, 
uh, water table of that uh, region, what type of cotton crop it is. So generally, it goes somewhere between 8,000 to 10,000 liters of water. So when I'm saying 8,000 to 10,000 liters, that is actually the amount of cotton uh, water that is required for the cotton to be produced. So make a one kg of cotton, maybe X amount of water is required, and this denim will be made from this cotton. And second, the I'm sorry, uh, we lost you in between. Uh, sorry, could you repeat that again? Uh, Ten thousand liters of water for? Uh, yeah, so 10,000 liters of water that is required. Hello? Sorry, again Hello? we lost you. I think the connection is a little poor. So could you repeat that again, please? Because yeah. it's an important point. I don't want people to miss out on it. Yes. So when you are seeing the uh, liters of water, that actually depends upon the area to area and the type of cotton crop and everything. But when uh, when we are saying 8,000 to 10,000 liters of water, it's like 2-3 uh, First is the uh, amount of uh, water that is required for cotton to grow. And then comes dyeing process. So dyeing involves a lot of chemicals and a lot of water for it to um, for it to be done. And then comes the uh, like bleaching process or like the faded uh, appearance. So you know, like when you see a jean, sometimes there is a fade. So that is done uh, through like multiple layers of washing and different types of washing. So these days people are coming up with innovative ways like laser uh, treatment or like having water, uh, um, like recycling of water and all such processes. But the industry is so huge. Uh, the denim industry has penetrated, penetrated, especially in India. In the last few years it has penetrated so much into the tier 2, tier 3 cities that maybe your best of the best industry practices might change. But it is going to take a long way for it to be adopted, like, you know, universally for everyone. So, it is going to be for a little while uh, very, very water intensive, uh, very energy intensive. And because of the chemicals and dye, it also pollutes a lot of water around. Yeah. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, so, uh, coming to my final question that I asked, uh, ask more, all our guests on this show. Um, so all of us are going through multiple thoughts and um, uh, 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 it's like a transition period for most of us uh, during this whole four or five months of lockdown and with the whole world almost stopping. So uh, personally and professionally, what are your thoughts? What's going in your mind right now? Yeah, I think uh, in the beginning, everywhere, everything comes up as like a shock, like what, what is, has happened. And as I mentioned that we wanted to launch a range. So uh, it uh, often causes that, oh my God, if we didn't make that investment, what would have things been like? Or like maybe we just clicked some pictures and then maybe we could have just promoted. So there are like all this kind of, you know, permutations and combinations that keep going on um, uh, as a founder, you know, like, and in Mumbai, the situation is so bad that I don't think I can even think of like, you know, uh, opening it uh, very soon or something. So yeah, it did bother me, but fortunately I'm a lot into meditation, yoga and everything. So I think I'm trying to like keep myself as peaceful as I can and I'm uh, spending a lot of time uh, like, you know, uh, doing a lot of activities for my personal development and like, uh, like in general soft skills uh, of uh, life. So I think, yeah, it has affected very badly and the, the uh, last few months for us, uh, I mean, Goli Soda has a good... Uh, thing but uh, I guess for us being a single product band and that not, being not like a 
essential product it did yes. really affect but i think i'm just keeping myself safe that's all so so that we can bounce back in uh, more energy So good luck to that Soumya and good luck to the whole team good luck to Dwij and good luck to the new line or whatever plans you had uh, to yeah, start off before you. this whole thing down and uh, thank you so much for this conversation it has been really enlightening and uh, i hope and the thank you to yes thank you for in having me over i'm really really happy to share and this was our first live so i think I really sure. enjoyed it. Like you know, uh, to have a nice conversation. Maybe uh, like your first time me meeting, but feeling so comfortable uh, talking to you and very nice. It, it was good. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Likewise, and I really hope uh, the partnership between Goli Soda and yeah. with Jolie grows bigger and bigger. So thank you so yes. much, uh, Soumya, for the lovely conversation. Good night. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. Yeah.